Ladies and gentlemen, the Conservative Daily Podcast is back. And now the heroes of our country. Yeah, I called them that. Max McGuire and Joe Altman. Welcome back to the second hour. Oh, Bill's gone. Where'd Bill go? <laughs> he took a bathroom break. He took a bathroom oh, yeah, break. Right. He'll be back. He'll right. be back. He'll be back. He'll, he'll, he'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be back. Well, while he's out, good time. We have to mention everyone. We have other sponsors for the show. We have another sponsor for the show. It's Air Med Care. We didn't run it in the first hour because we're talking with Bill about his course, but we have to get one ad read in. And this is a really important product. If you spend a lot of time outside, if you if you hike, if you ski, snowboard, anything where you're outside drive, of drive self-communication, yeah, you're, you're off the, off the reservation. You're, you're far away from from society. You got to check out Air Make Care. Air Make Care is an air medical transport um, plan for as low as eighty five dollars a year. Your full family will be covered for the cost of an air medical transportation flight in case emergency strikes off the beaten path. We all want to make sure that your family is protected in a medical emergency. What many of us don't realize is that health insurance doesn't always cover the full amount of an emergency medical flight. Even with comprehensive coverage, you could get hit with high deductibles and copays. If you think the charge on a regular ambulance is bad, wait until they need to bring a helicopter to help you. That's why an Air Med Care Network membership is so very important. As a member, if an emergency arises, you won't see a bill for air medical transport when you're flown by an AMCN provider. Best of all, a membership covers your entire household for as little as $85 a year, and I believe they actually have a lower price for seniors as well. AMCN providers are called upon to transport more than 100,000 patients a year. This is a coverage that no family should be without, especially if you spend a lot of time outdoors. Now, as a listener of our show, you'll get up to a $50 e-gift card back with a new membership. Simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use offer code daily to get up to $50 back on your plan. I signed up yesterday. You did? Yeah. You yeah. did. Well, you you like to go hiking. Every time I turn around, you're, yeah. you're hiking the Grand Tetons or something. This is something you should have. Yeah, I'm hunting. Yeah, I hunt. But even if, you, even if you're driving a car, right? You get in a car accident, some drunk driver comes through and slams into you, doesn't have insurance. We do know there's an illegal immigrant immigration problem, illegal alien problem in our country. So having illegal aliens in our country that you know can do something bad to you and you end up having to get airlifted somewhere, it protects you from that as well, right? Yeah. So they can, if they have to airlift you. And it's really, really cheap insurance, super, super cheap insurance. And yeah. frankly, I'm sorry that we need it. I'm sorry we need it, but we need it. We yeah. absolutely need it, unfortunately. Oh, there you go. Bill's back. Bill's I, back. I see him walking behind you, just shuffling behind. Yeah. <laughs> so in this second hour, we want to do a, a deep, a deep, not a total dive, because obviously we want people to take the course. But we want to talk about what it means to, to step forward, run for office, what it means to take a behind the scenes roles that aren't necessarily the candidate but ways that people can use their skill sets, use their their brain power to help, and and if we're being completely honest, their financial resources to help other good people run. And I, I want to pick Bill's brain against some of the impediments that I see for upstarts trying to run for office because obviously it's an establishment controlled environment, and and trying to unseat anyone who has really, in some cases, even generational power. Yeah, it's, it's no small. Order. So we welcome back from his quick break, Bill. Um, what what do you want to tell people about the course? Because we, we talked a little about you. We talked a little bit about political philosophy in the first hour, why it's so important for people to care. Walk us through why this course matters and 
and why it's so important that everyone listening sign up and take it. Sure, sure. Th thanks, Max. Um, I, I, I take um, the the teaching in the Old Testament regarding the sons of Iskar very seriously. It's a, It identifies these great men of Israel that they understood the times and knew what to do. I think that that we need to bring both of those together. And uh, I'll be quite honest that there are many trainings that are out there that cover much of the same material. And uh, it's all about how to, how to, there are tech, technical questions about how to accomplish the job to get elected. And, and people from any particular wor worldview could follow the how-tos, right. but, but the biggest problems in America are not how-to questions. They're questions about meaning and purpose and yep. righteousness and justice and, and what's true. And, and so um, uh, there's nothing out there that actually brings together the understanding the times from a biblical worldview. We do that on the front end. And in fact, uh, earlier, uh, uh, Max, in the previous hour, you mentioned uh, John Lark. John Locke, and uh, and of course he had a tremendous amount of influence on uh, um, on Thomas Jefferson and the Declaration of Independence, and and so I asked my question, well, where did John Locke get his idea from? Because I like the history of ideas, and mm -hmm. and so John Locke basically he Ops. borrowed from uh, Samuel Rutherford, who was a Christian who preached, and where did Samuel Rutherford get his? Well, he got it from the Apostle Peter and John when they went to pray and they were arrested. <laughs> at the temple. Well, what? where did Peter and John get theirs? Well, there were these three guys called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they had a comrade called uh, uh, Daniel. <laughs> and so these are what, what shows up in the Declaration of Independence that, you know, if you go to Harvard or Yale or Princeton, you'll find you know, that they'll go down down the, the history trail only back to John Locke. And right. I'm going, time out. Let's be intellectually honest here. Now, you may disagree with me, and there's a lot of people that disagree with me, my, you know, my wife being one. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> that was a confession, uh, but it's true. We, we speak the truth in love. Yes. Uh, but 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 we have we have to honestly uh, pursue the history of the ideas and and yes, uh, the, the you know Harvard, Yale, Princeton, they'll, they'll get you back as far as John Locke and I just say, hey guys, and again, lovingly, uh, the mark of the Christian is that I represent Christ in every relationship, even if there is a a, a God hater in front of me. Um, I have to represent Jesus to that person, and and yeah. so so I call for in in a very gentle way, in a caring way, a a push towards truth. Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Let's go further back. And then guess what? Uh, the, 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 this whole concept of, of of liberty and the dignity and the value of the human being it, it all goes back to Genesis one and two, and and so we have to push it back and and expose the 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 uh, worldviews that are basically lies that you know man is a you know a, a, a cosmic accident and has no value and well we see where that view went I mean that should, that ended up in concentration camps not only in Germany but also in China and also in the Soviet Union and and and, and so so the world that, that that there's practical outcomes of these ideas so when people say well Bill don't get too philosophical on us it's like ideas have consequences consequences. Right. And if we don't identify the ideas and commit to the ideas, then we're going to have consequences that, that, that we don't want. And so one of yeah. the, the strong features of this training is that it's that Sons of Issachar approach. 
understand the times so that you will know what to do. Um, because we want we want Christians to competently campaign in a serious way that could lead you know can lead them to a victory um, as opposed to saying well you know Jesus you know, just you know gave me you know this vision and I'm, I'm supposed to running and then and they go out and they run and they lose miserably and they made all kinds of false assumptions and poor choices and they misrepresented Christ which we never want to do uh, and and so it's it's kind of like that uh, uh, we 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 need to know how to competently campaign. How do you raise funds ethically? How do you communicate with the media even though the media has a different worldview? How do you put your organization together and how do you train your volunteers and what kind of volunteers do you need? And and we've, you know, and I all, need a lot of them. Yeah, and this and, and and so we base it this is like a project management manual on how to run a campaign so you can give glory to God in what you do. Be, because it doesn't matter whether you're you're singing a praise song, it doesn't matter whether you're an Amish person making a beautiful piece of furniture for the glory of God and when you turn it over the bottom looks as beautiful as the top because God can see the bottom. That that we as Christians our culture is addicted to shoddy work. And, yeah, and but 100 percent i just and, got and, my house redone don't don't talk to me about shoddy work yeah and and, and, and so <laughs> i had more than a few shoddy yeah contractors i just went back and said fine i'll just do it myself yeah and, and and what and what happens is that because there's this equalization and the sharing of misery and the sharing of of, of inequalities in the world yeah that 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 the excellence that caused the Christian culture to excel and soar far beyond any other culture in the planet. We're, we're, we're not exceptional because of our skin pigmentation. We're exceptional because we embrace the truth that there's a creator, sustainer, right. redeemer, consummator of the universe, and we will we will be held accountable to him and we will do everything excellently for him. Yeah. And so when I see Christians get involved in a campaign and a race and the work is shoddy, I'm just saying he's, he's my brother and I'm just glad he's uh, my master servant, not mine. Well, that's why I love Locke. And if anyone wants to understand, you named a couple of different philosophers. I always point people to Locke. I point them to Hobbes. If you want to understand the founding of America and, and the idea of what government should be, why people form associations to get out of that state of nature, it really is, it really is a, a very good comparison to, to religion, Christianity. The idea that with, without, I don't want to say consequences, but in many ways it is consequences. You, you live a Christian life. You know that if you are wrong, you can't just go murder someone down the street. There's consequences there. There are That's God's right. commandments. It, it's very similar with Locke out, outside of government in this state of nature. It's just anarchy. It's, it's, it's eye for an eye politics, which is disgusting. It's dangerous. No one can survive in that. So when I read Locke, I, I see many similarities between Locke and, and Christ. And it's just come together and understand that you are living according to a law. You might not even know it yet, but there is a law. And, and trust in the law, trust in the Lord, trust in, in Locke's case in government, that government will will do the right job. And if it doesn't, then you start talking about dissolving it, right? Right, um, right. And, and Max, you know, for both Locke and Hobbes, and I've read both Locke and Hobbes, Kant, Hume, you know, Hegel, the, you know, my like I said, my background's in philosophy um, mm -hmm. and theology. And and so when we look at Locke and Hobbes, that, that, you know, you can read through them and almost find 
the ideas down to the verse in the scripture where they got these ideas you know you know you know from you know where do they these ideas originate uh, and then we get into those passages and those chapters where they where they have pushed away from the concept of a transcendent creator that's going to hold us all accountable and that's where their map of the universe their worldview uh, there there are roads beyond the edge of their map and that's when we have to introduce to those that hold a naturalistic worldview the uh, what is the basis of these good things that you're saying and take them beyond the edges of their map into a biblical worldview so talk to us a little bit obviously we want people to take the course yeah but give us give us three things that anyone who wants to run for office you don't have to go into huge detail but just three things that they should start doing now even if they want to run in a year or two years what's a couple things that people should do just to to get ready for it. Sure, sure. Well, well, the in, in the training, we've got basically five categories. We have five modules. The first one is on the biblical worldview. But but when we get down to the uh, to, to the practical side of how to execute a campaign that that we talk about, well, what's the meaning of, of, of American government and politics? You know, what are the mechanics that you need? Like, for instance, many people, you know, I talk to uh, congressional candidates and and they say, oh, Congressman, you know, you got any wisdom for me? And my first question is this, well, how many votes do you need to win? He goes, well, well, we have a rough idea. And I said, well, don't, don't you know, you, you go get a number yeah. of the votes that you think you need to win. Then I'm good. Then I'm going to spend some time with you. And it's and, and 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 that's tough love. But but candidates go out. Be, they didn't do the nuts and bolts of figuring right. out, because if you don't know how many votes you're going to you, you're going to need, then you don't know. Well, how many mail pieces have got how many radio advertisements? Are, you know, you, you, that that you have to you, there, you have, there's a basic things that need to be known practically before you can and uh, I'll, I'll be quite honest every every dollar that a donor gives you because they believe in Jesus and they believe that you could be a messenger and a carrier of, of that message that that if you've not done your homework and you've wasted money that people have donated to you God's going to hold you accountable for that and and well, so uh, well I want to I want to say this about about the you know one of the things that I'm looking through notes um, let, let me ask you who can run for office. Can pastors run for office? Pastors can run for office. I'm a pastor. You run for office. Yeah, ran for office. And, and, yeah. and here, here's, here's the thing. Because of the compartmentalization and the Marxist uh, uh, ideas that are embedded, even in the minds of church people, Christians would say, uh, why did you leave the ministry? And I said, well, I went from a church of, you know, uh, uh, about 100 people uh, in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and now I'm responsible uh, for almost 800,000 people that I can share the gospel uh, as I serve, just as Joseph served in the court of Pharaoh or Daniel in the, you know, in, in the house of the emperor that, 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 uh, um, or David. Um, and, and, you know, this, this narrow view of ministry and what it means to be Christian, that came to us from the philosophical left. And we need to not only try to dispel the myths of the political left, it's, it's also the philosophical left and what it's done to the, the minds of Christians. Yeah. And we have, to, we have to set ourselves free from the shackles of those worldviews that came into the church and have been crippling the church and, and put handcuffs and, and, and lay shackles so that Christians can't engage in the culture the way that they should. So, so, so me, yeah, pastors can run. Pa so, Mike Huckabee, Mike, Mike Huckabee, yeah, Mike, Mike Huckabee. Huckabee's yeah. a pastor. 
I think I'm supposed to be on a Huckabee show. So awesome. I, I thought this was to happen here. In the Tell Mike week. I said hi. Um, so I want to I want to say this because I'm going to challenge a couple of people that may or may not be listening. How about pastors' wives or the you know the uh, can the wife of a pastor run? wife wife of a pastor can run for office. Mm. Uh, um, I, I'm encouraging any Christian, and this gets back to the what There's we talked a about. Why I'm saying. Oh, oh okay. I'm, I'm picking on. Oh, someone here. oh, okay, okay. I'm picking on someone specifically here. Make, make the sales pitch now. If he and she are watching, or someone else is watching me actually say this, I'm saying that uh, I feel that being a pastor, especially being a, a effective voice in your community, might actually translate to being able to represent very well even the local level, whatever level, into being able to represent and, and uh, become a good example for other people to follow in that public office as well. Not gonna call you out by name. I might actually in person when I see you tonight, but yeah, there you go, there you go. So, you know, the other thing that we deal with, and, and, and there, there, there are two things that, that, that people are afraid of the most, okay, yeah. when it comes to, uh, to, to running for office. Okay, the number one thing is I'll have to give a speech, okay? And, yeah. and, and, and then the number two thing is uh, how do I get all the money? And yeah. we and we 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 deal with that because most of the communication a candidate is going to do in order to win is it doesn't even involve speeches, right? Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and 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 so I had to learn that the hard way. And there there's a way to relate to the media yeah. in a positive way, but but beyond really? is yeah. there really a way to uh, there, relate there, to the there, media in a there, positive way? There, there 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 is. Please tell me because I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> there is there is. So 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 uh, Max had asked, you know, what are some of the some of the things that are there? And we're going to be talking. You know, it, it covers the training covers how to put your organization together, how to mm -hmm. get your volunteers how to raise the money, how to do mailing, how to do fundraising mailing, um, you know, persuasion mailing. Uh, so, so the nuts and bolts are there. And, and I, I had to learn this just by talking to people. And I, I, I started uh, running for office and uh, 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 I'm, I'm going to tell a story that I ra rarely tell. Uh, my wife and I had uh, uh, talked about this and I had asked her, I said, well, you know, you know, what is the limit of our family resources that we can we can use? And she says, I will cut you a hundred dollar check. And that was it. And um, um, uh, wow, with, okay. with, with a hundred dollars, I got a map of the state of New Mexico. I <laughs> went ahead and got phone service. It was still landline in those days. And I bought a used desk for $5 and I got a, I didn't have money for a file cabinet, but I spent a couple bucks for some file folders. This was the first $100 that my wife gave me. I couldn't afford a file cabinet. So I went behind our local supermarket and uh, went into the dumpster with a, with the folders, the file folders and found a box that would hold the file folders until I could afford a file cabinet. So I started my, my campaign in a dumpster and in 26 months I was sitting in Congress. So if you think that you can't do it, I, I you know, uh, um, I, I, you know, I, I the, the, you're, listen, men, you, listen you, to your wives. You, and if your wives you say a hundred in a dumpster, I, start, I, I, want I, you to, <laughs> I want you to hear that. Okay. I started my campaign and if you're and, dumpster diving right now, and you see that filing cabinet, you should be running for office. There you go. There, there you go. Or a box that'll fit file folders. Yeah. Or a box that'll Just fit Just a box. Files. It yeah. could be a paper box. We don't care. 
Yep. You should run for office. Yeah. Th those were the only kind of boxes we had back in that day. <laughs> Paper boxes. <laughs> Are you so, listening, people? Are yeah, you listening? It is. It is possible. It is yeah. possible. But 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 the point is is that um, it's kind of like that saying that that a smart man learns from his mistakes. Right. But a wise man learns from other people's mistakes. Right. And other people's successes. Yeah. And so inside this training, how to run for office as a Christian conservative, right. are it, 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 there's so many strengths that went right, things that went wrong that we talk about and, and we, we present them in such a way, very methodically, this is what you do to raise the funny, this is money, right. this is how you, this is what you do to communicate with the media, this is what you do, you know, to engage with, you know, the legal authorities for registration. All of the how-to things are there. Um, and the beauty of it is, is that, that once you're grounded in a biblical worldview and you're victorious and you are elected and, and you put your hand on the Bible and you take the oath of office for whatever office that you're going to run for, that um, you can you can be in government with a biblical worldview and, and with a deep conviction of understanding the times, knowing what to do so that you won't compromise yourself while you're in office. So let me ask you this, Bill. Obviously, Christianity, it's, it's a hu hugely about forgiveness, right? There's no, there's no Christian faith without, without the idea, the concept of forgiveness. Um, and, and Christians, we all love to say that we're all sinners. But when it comes to politics, politics is perhaps the most unforgiving profession out there, where even people who say we're all sinners and we all deserve forgiveness, you make a, one mistake 40 years ago. And the experts will say you're unelectable. Now, in, in the age post Donald Trump, I don't know if it's possible to do anything short of having a real skeleton in your closet. I don't think that anything is truly unwinnable in terms of your past. But what do you say to people who are concerned? Not, not that they've actually killed a guy, though I have actually met someone who I was like, hey, you should run for office. Like, I can't. I killed a guy. OK, that conversation's <clears> over. But what, what would you say to people who say, well, I'm afraid they're going to dig into my life. I'm well, afraid they're going to find this. Well, how did Hillary Clinton run Because she killed yeah, exactly. a lot of people. <laughs> what, what do you say to the people sure. who, who want to run, but they're afraid that this, the, the heightened scrutiny coming down on them, coming down on their family, how do you, right. how do you coach right. people past that? Right, right. We have a whole section on this, Max. <laughs> and uh, uh, we, we, we have a checklist of things that a candidate can and should do. That you have to do an honest assessment of who you are, identify those potential skeletons on the front end, figure out how you're going to defuse it. You got to pull the fuse out of that before you get going. Um, and, uh, uh, and even if you think you've done a complete inventory, uh, you might need to be prepared for something that you overlook. But if, if a candidate Candidate does not have uh, a an, an honest uh, conversation with themselves and with their with their spouse because the spouse is going to help you remember things that maybe you need to remember um, and deal with it on the front end. Uh, you don't want to be unprepared for that. Let me get let me give you an example. You know everybody knows that uh, uh, you know George W. Bush had a, a problem with drinking when he was in you know uh, college. Okay, and uh, well well they knew that that could be used against him. 
And, um, you know, he went and he had a conversation with Billy Graham and he confessed that, you know, this was a problem. Uh, they did, you know, the story was all over the country. I think it's even in one of the two books that he wrote. And, and, and he pulled that fuse in advance. So when the people in the media that wanted to be mean to him brought that up, everybody said, we already know that. This, you, what are you bringing that up for? And so that that is an example of how to diffuse the problem, um, in you know, in advance. And um, so, uh, and, and we as Christians, you know, we we are held. I don't want to say to a higher standard because there's only one stand. You know, the ground in front of the cross is level. There's no favorites in front of the cross. Okay, and and uh, on Judgment Day, there's one standard of adjustment ju- judgment for all of us. However, because of our 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 commitment to Christ, our public commitment to Christ, we have to hold ourselves to that standard uh, that appears. Uh, to be higher than others, but when in reality, that's the standard that really matters. Uh, it is a standard above the cultural standard. It used to be the cultural standard, but is not anymore. But but we 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 need to adhere to that standard and and confess it. A uh, good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Mike Naranjo in Española, uh, New Mexico, uh, he would talk about you know people who used to be drug dealers, and and they said, hey, yeah, that's true. I was a drug dealer, but guess what? Jesus saved me. Let me tell you about Jesus and look, tell me, you know, and I want to tell you about the good things that Jesus has for me now to do in my life. And, and, and so, you know, it's like Mike Lindell. It's like Mike Lindell. They, they, on uh he was on Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel tried to make fun of him as a, as a ex crack addict. Yeah. He's like, well, no, I'm, I used to be a crack addict, but I found Jesus and he uses it as a launching pad, not, not a weakness, but as, as a trampoline to jump into something positive. That's right. And, and see, we deal with this in the training because one of the key things is, is that if you don't define yourself, your opponent's going to define you. And, and so many, so many Christians and other, not even non-Christians, they, they go in, they go into a campaign and they, they fail to define themselves and then they sit still and then they, uh, uh, their opponent or the press defines them. And then, uh, you have to overcome that misperception, uh, in order to win in some cases. And yeah. so, so we have a whole section of that in the training and, uh, you know, uh, with the checklist that says, Hey, these are the things you need to be, you know, need to be looking at, uh, uh, in this self-analysis, and and uh, truth be told, guess what? We have that conversation every Sunday uh, with the Lord when we go for a communion. It shouldn't be that yeah. hard, uh, you know, to uh, to bring to bring that publicly. And it may be difficult at first, but um, I, I think that the the country is in a position. We've always been in the position to have honest men and women, you know, own up. Uh, and to be our leaders because they're actually better leaders than than those that are suppressing the truth. Well, that's the other question I have. Obviously, another tenet of Christianity is is confession. It's, it's apologizing. It's, as you say, owning up. That always used to be the standard. If you made a mistake in politics, you apologize. That's right. But again, it's almost in this post-Trump world. Trump didn't apo- barely apologize for anything. And in, in a lot of ways, it almost seems like he was better served in some of these scandals to not apologize. So... Uh, I guess the question would be, as a Christian, you're we're called to confess, we're called to apologize, we're called to to make good when we make mistakes. But it seems that the landscape is shifting, whereas apologies in politics can be almost a sign of weakness sometimes. Well, and well, that the minute the sharks smell the blood in the water, they're just going to come for you. 
So oh. do, do you recommend that people apologize or, or is it a case by case basis? No, I, th I think it's a case by case basis. And, and sh should something surface, then deal with it and, th and then move on, you know, as a leader should move on. And, and if we think that apologies um, uh, are, you know, um, you know, that, that used to be there, aren't there now, that that the further to the political left that our nation moves, you're going to start seeing apologies, uh, very public apologies, very similar to what we saw in the Cultural Revolution in China, where people in government, people in the media will shame anybody that disagrees with them and humiliate them publicly and uh, uh, th that's where that worldview goes. And so just get ready for it. Just get ready for it. We're seeing some of it in uh, you know, major league sports. We're seeing uh, some of it in, in other areas. Uh, you know, we, we see uh, you know, that, that there are Christians from Southern states, uh, uh, young men and women that feel like they have to apologize for the sins of their great grandfather for, for holding slaves. And, and it's kind of like, uh, let's start confessing our sins before we're confessing the sins of those who went before us, uh, and and so uh, you know it's easy to conf you know to confess other people's sins. You know, well, no, no, you you need to confess your own. And this goes back to Genesis chapter three, the scariest the scariest question in the entire scripture is that right after Adam and Eve sin, and Adam goes and he hides himself, and um, you know God comes in the coolness of the day, just like he did on previous days, and he goes, Adam, where are you? And because God is omniscient, he knows everything, You know, he didn't have to go looking under every bush in the garden as, as if he misplaced you know, Adam. He asked, God asked that question because Adam was now in a fundamentally different universe than what he had been the day before. And it's Adam, do you really know where you are now? And, and unless we have that conversation with ourselves regarding the sin in our life, we will not be the effective leaders that God has called us to be. And, and, and so- uh, Say that again. Oh, <laughs> what was that? The, uh, oh, unless we, ha unless, we, unless we have that Adam moment where, um, uh, you know, when God says, where are you, okay? And if we don't fess up to that, uh, we'll be doing things like Adam. We'll be blaming our wives. And, and, and not only did, did Adam, you know, I mean, Adam had gall because not only did he blame, you know, Eve, but he said, the woman you gave yeah, me, yeah. God, yeah. you're responsible for my shortcomings. And, and that kind of deflection, uh, I'm not, I don't want to follow that kind of leader. And I think that, that many people in America, you know, uh, you know, in multiple parties, and we have to remember that the leadership in any political party does not always represent the membership of that political party. And um, there are historical reasons as to why the membership of political parties is as it is. But there are people that are out there that are looking for truth. And if there's a, a, a candidate with a biblical worldview that can present that and, and actually uh, uh, demonstrate that the biblical worldview is the foundation of the justice that you're seeking and the order that you're seeking in a society, if you can communicate that, that's going to be fresh and new because the opponents are they're they're like Adam they're pointing to Eve and they're pointing to God and they're pointing to everybody else to blame for their failures and people are looking for a new kind of leadership and with uh, uh, with the with the mental posture of uh, the sons of Issachar understanding the times 
knowing what to do and then doing it is powerful is powerful yeah. and i believe i believe it'll, it'll it'll attract the men and women that are out there that are done with the status quo so you mentioned that the leadership in parties are, are usually are not the same as the members of the parties there there's a, a number of different ways people could end up running for office but one of the ways people sometimes choose is to go up against not uh, someone who's retiring not someone from another party but someone from within their own party going after an incumbent within their own party who they believe have turned their back on the people, don't represent the people well enough. And that is probably in, in a lot of cases harder than running up against someone from the other party because they're so, in a lot of cases, they're so entrenched that they're, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes even generational power. His dad held the seat, their grandfather held the seat. That's right. Um, it, it's a really hard thing. And obviously you have the course, everyone, sign up, take the course. And there's no perfect answer for this. But what would you tell someone who's looking at running for office and they see that it's 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 someone like Liz Cheney? Now, whether she stays in office, I don't know. I don't think she probably should. But that's, that's an example where someone who has gotten so far away from the people that she claims to represent, so far off that reservation, fist bumping Joe Biden. Did you see that during the, during his address before Congress? She ran to the aisle to give Joe Biden a fist bump. Unheard of for the number three Republican in, in the House. You can be respectful, but to run up to that line to, to give him a, a fist bump, stunning. But So what would you say to someone who, yes, they feel called, they want to do this, but they look at who they'd be running against and whether it's congressional, whether it's a mayor, town council, someone who's been there forever, has all the money, what would you tell them to encourage them to go for it anyway. Okay, um, again, they're living their life for an audience of one, and it's uh, uh, it's not their opponent. Uh, and I'll uh, I'll be truthful uh, that in uh, during my career, uh, I have found situations where in the Republican Party that there is a uh, uh, incumbent in a state legislature, uh, both uh, uh, the House and the Senate of a state legislature um, that is voting in a way that is uh, uh, detrimental to human life, uh, supporting uh, late term abortion. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, same sex marriage and, and other things that are, that are not biblical. They're not human. Uh, they're not humane. Uh, they're the, the most egregious civil rights issue of our day. And, and they're aiding and abetting that. And, and they're registered in, in the same party that I'm registered in. And I have, uh, um, worked behind the scenes uh, during primaries and have removed Republicans like that and replaced them with Republicans that hold the original principles of the Declaration of Independence. You know, that it is the creator that gave the right to life, the right to liberty, and the right to pursue happiness. And it's the obligation of the government and those in the government to secure for the individual that which comes from the hand of God. That, that uh, the government did not give uh, a human being the right to pursue happiness. The government did not give a, the human being the right uh, to liberty, and the government did not give the right to, uh, uh, the right to life. That comes from the, the, the hand of God. And, and, and if they're not doing the job, then, then, then finding somebody who holds those principles, even within the party, 
because uh, you know on Judgment Day, he, you know, you know when you know God is separating the sheep and the goats, He's not saying, "Okay, uh, people in the red party over here on my right, people in the blue party over there on my left." No, no, that is not the criteria. And and uh, um, you know, just as uh, uh, Martin Luther King had talked about being colorblind, well, we need to be colorblind politically as well. And and if there is somebody of my own party that is supporting um, abortion. And there is another candidate that can replace them. It is my duty and obligation before God uh, to, you know, to, to replace that person. And I've told, I mean, I was raised uh, in a Democrat family. Uh, my father was a union worker, um, and um, uh, you know, we're a very strong Democrat family. Uh, Mayor Daley, you know, from the neighborhood back in Chicago, and 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 all of that. And I, my my children know why I migrated from the Democrat Party to the Republican Party and 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 be and and I complete the sentence to my children by saying and if the Republican Party ever abandons abandons the pro life issue get out as quickly as you can okay and because we 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 have to stand and answer before God for what is true and what is right and that we have the courage to do what was true and right dur- during during our lifetime and uh, so I, uh, uh, and the and I have supported Democrats who are pro-life, and who have voted against abortion and voted against late-term abortion. Where are they at and, now? Uh, Where are those? Uh, the, the, Not the, a whole the, lot the, of them left. <laughs> well, well, yeah. and, and and Max, thanks for saying that because we had we had five of those in New Mexico, and the governor uh, uh, primaried those uh, five Democrats, and they're now gone. And uh, they were able to pass the late-term abortion and assisted suicide. And assisted suicide is is basically medical, you know, concentration camps. You know, it's just not gas chambers and cremation. You know, crematories. It's it's uh, the the whole assisted suicide movement um, is there to uh, first make it legal and voluntarily, and then make it legal and then mandatory. And it's only going to expand in in one of two directions. It's either going to be eliminated or it's going to go ahead and. Increase and uh, that was part of what was going on with uh, uh, Obamacare. Uh, when you read the fine print, uh, you know, uh, supporting the concept and impregnating in the minds of the American people that some human life is not worth living. Therefore, we will pragmatically put into law um, uh, decision gates as to when certain people will live and when certain people die, will die. And, and that is absolutely antithetical to the right above all rights. We talked in the last hour that it's difficult to pursue happiness if we're not free. It's impossible to be free if we're not alive. The right to life is the, uh, the, the right above all rights. And, uh, and the government that was instituted among men to secure that right to life is now the government that is telling individuals when to live and when to die. And, yeah. um, and, and, and that's, um, you know, we, we, you know we, we want to be able to present the truth in love um, and um, and when we have and we're able to take action uh, to stop the slaughter in any way, um, we take that action, regardless of party. So, so, what do you think about about Liz Cheney? Do you think uh, do you think she could possibly hang on? Well, there's two questions. Do you think it's possible for her to hold on to her party leadership role? And two, do you think it's possible for her to ever be reelected in Wyoming again? Do, do you think that? She has done enough to become persona non grata within the Republican Party, within conser- conservative movement. Or do you think it's it's possible 
for her to resurrect her image. Right, right, right. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I can remember uh, waking up one day and John Kennedy was president and I went to bed that night. Lyndon Johnson was president. Uh, and, uh, you know, a year and a half is an eternity in politics. But at the same time, that same year and a half, candidates have to uh uh, prepare themselves to become elected and that's a, there's a lot of work and and so i i i have no uh I, I can't mind read what's going on uh up in wyoming i don't know who's going to come out uh you know for that next election uh i think that there's a high probability that the voters in wyoming uh are going to say no to her um uh, as 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 they should um and um uh, and again, I, I cannot read her heart. I don't know why she fist bumped the president. Uh, and I think that 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 you you used a word earlier, uh, Max, and I'm, I'm I'm grappling in my uh, short term memory here. Uh, something something about I think you used the the the, the word respect or appropriate, and and um, you know it, it, there is a way to respectfully and appropriately sit side by side and govern where there is agreement and good. And 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 uh, you, you do not have to be enthusiastically uh, running before the cameras in the free world supporting somebody uh, who, not just in my estimation, but objectively, um, is um, uh, in putting in place a a, a self-destructive framework uh, for uh, uh, the dignity of human life and the freedoms that are that 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 all human beings. Um, uh, you know, should have. And, and, and so I, uh, running and fist bumping, uh, Joe Biden would not be the thing that I would do in front of the cameras. I, I wouldn't fist bump him. I, I might punch him. Actually, I probably wouldn't do that. That would be elder abuse. Now, I can't now, say that. now you're going to get a call from the secret service. <laughs> punch him? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Of course if you ever would. find yourself in the same room, I can't even get a call. You. I can't even get a call from the FBI when somebody sends me powder in the mail. So I mean, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you so see, you have we have we have to remember that when uh, when Abraham Lincoln, you know, was trying to end slavery and preserve the Union, or William Wilberforce in the in the British Parliament, hardcore evangelical William Wilberforce. You know, he spent 28 years. And if we think we're going to turn this around the next election, we're fooling ourselves. And that's something that is that is bad. And, and I, I'm going to use that term bad inside the psyche of evangelicals. We're used to like, you know, uh, like a tent revival or stadium or, you know, event or, uh, you know, a retreat. And everything is going to be fixed on the short. You know, nothing gets fixed on the short. It is a long obedience in the same direction, just like William Wilberforce and and uh, changes come either cataclysmic or incremental. And the political left chose the incremental because they knew that the cataclysmic changes that they brought to uh, to China and to uh, uh, Russia uh, with the advent of the Soviet Union and other countries, they knew it was not going to work in America. And the uh, so the strategy and the tactics were changed uh, so that uh, you know shifting America towards being a Marxist country um, that it had to take place uh, incrementally, but we're moving toward the end of that incrementalism. And unless minds are changed and action is taken, 
um, we, we will continue to move in that direction. Uh, but uh, um, I, I'll say that as far as the, the, the Liz Cheney question, I, I don't know. Anything is, anything is possible, uh, but I think that there's a probability that she'll you know, lose her, her seat and, um, you know, and, and, and her leadership. And, and I pray that there's somebody that is more in line with a biblical worldview yeah. uh, will, will sit in that seat and um, uh, you know, demonstrate the mark of a Christian, which is love towards those in Washington and speak firm truth, um, however, still maintaining the, tr- uh, the truth relationally that the person that's sitting in front of them that disagrees with them is also an image bearer of God. Well, I'm hopeful anyone watching who lives in Wyoming, if you're watching this podcast, you live in Wyoming, this is the course to take. Wyoming has one at-large congresswoman. So if you live anywhere within the state, you can run against her. If you want to, this is the course to take. I will similarly add, if you happen to live in Utah and you don't like Mitt Romney, also a very good course to take <laughs> anywhere in the country. Yeah. If you're if you're disappointed in your leadership, you're disappointed with, with the direction that they're leading, whether it be at the county, local, state, federal levels, a great course to take. We, we've been talking about some of the modules. Let's put up my screen, Mr. Producer. We, in the first hour, we, we went through this module one a lot, talking about it in generic terms, the foundations, biblical worldview. We've talked a bit about the meaning, the mechanics. You've talked a little bit about the messenger. Give us give us a when, when it comes to like getting out in front of, of scandals and things like that. Talk to us about the means, because this is what terrifies people the most. As you said, your wife gave you 100 bucks and you were you were lucky enough to go from a dumpster diving to the halls of the United States Congress. Other people might that might seem like a much more daunting task. How can what can people do? Just give a, a 30,000, 40,000 foot view. What can people do now if they think they want to run for office? a year, two years from now, what can they do now to start shoring up the means? Obviously, they don't want to declare they're running because that's a whole paperwork fiasco. But what can they do now to to start shoring up that foundation for the means, whether it be financial support or allies? Right, right. Well, the big, the biggest money saver that they can do right now is actually by the course. And I, I, I'm not just uh, uh, unabashedly supporting it for that reason, because the information that's in the course, uh, it would take a, uh, a first time candidate months, if not a year or so, to become exposed to the ideas that are in that module alone. Module five is about the means and it's about human resources and also financial resources. And um, that, that just taking the course and learning how to prime the pump to get more money, uh, you could you could you can go through module five in one day, and uh, you can you know in the course of a week complete all of the suggestions that are in module five, and in the first week of your political career, if you choose to run, you'll know what you have to do, and you just have to go ahead and and, and implement that. And and uh, uh, why why wait and 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 um, you know toward the middle of your campaign or after you declare and uh, then say well what am I going to do one of my one of my favorite uh, uh, lines um, in uh, um, you know in uh, Braveheart is that uh, the you know the uh, the Irish guy and and there's Mel Gibson and you know uh, Rob, uh, um, um, 
William Wallace, and he makes that you know that great impassioned speech, and then he you know he rides yeah. back and jumps off his horse, and and uh, the Irish guy turns him and says, "Great speech. Now what do we do?" <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and what, I feel like that. <laughs> I actually feel like that when people call me and say, hey, what can I do? And yeah. I go run for office. They go, what else? Yeah, yeah, that's right. What that's, else can I do? That, that, that's right. And, and, and the thing, I guess maybe the new answer is that before you say no, take a look at this material because, you know, you can, add, you know, uh, now I don't think, Joe, that you were born knowing how to drive a car. Did you, did, were you born knowing how to drive a car? Of course. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, um, no, no, th this is no, one of these, th th this, you know, there's always a singularity in my life <laughs> and here's the singularity. No. So, so the, there's not a person that's listening or watching that, that was born knowing how to drive a car. Okay. Yeah. We had to learn and, and look at all of us that are driving. Well, the same thing is true. I was not born knowing how to run for office. I had to learn. And, and this course is about me basically, you know, getting first time folks, down ticket, up up ticket. Doesn't you know? I, I mean, I've trained people that have ended up in the U.S. Senate. Uh, I've trained people that have ended up in school board and everything in between. And uh, you know, the 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 most effective use of your money, the most effective use of your time, is to spend the money to buy the course to know how to do it and collect all the information that it would take you twelve to twenty four months to learn that information if you went out looking for it uh, piecemeal. So, so Max, that that's the answer to my question. <laughs> so we're we're almost we're almost out of time, and I, thank you for staying on for the second hour. Really interesting conversation. One last question: Joe might have questions he wants to ask before we wrap up the hour. But the question I have is that when people run for office, kind of like when people win the lottery, there's no shortage of people with the, with their hands out. Except, except when it comes to running for office, it's the opposite. They're not looking for money. They're looking to give you money because they want to buy influence. And, and you mentioned with the lobbyists, it is, it is unapologetic. That is what they are doing. It is not for, for the good of the country. There, are, there are some people who legitimately believe in in good principles and they're good and they're good lobbyists. But by and large, political donors, like we, we know, the Clinton Foundation. It wasn't getting all of those donations because people actually like the work. We, we know that Janet Yellen didn't get paid all that money to speak in, in front of uh, in, in front of financial institutions to give a speech because she's really, really smart and they want to know what she has to say. It, it's all politics. So what would you say to someone who wants to run for office and all of a sudden all these people start coming out of the woodwork? And, and they want to control them. What advice do you have to make sure that people don't get into this and immediately become, for lack of a better word, owned by the people that they think are just trying to help them? Okay. Um, the, the, the answer is the same to the previous question is um, to take a look at the material that we're giving. And the, re the reason I say that, good friend of mine, uh, Nancy Piercy, uh, many people know uh, that are watching uh, here, they, they know the, the name Chuck Colson. And uh, Chuck Colson uh, and Nancy Piercy worked together. They published a book together. Many, many of the things that Chuck had taught over the years, you know, you know, uh, were originally came from, you know, from Nancy Piercy. And, 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 and Nancy has a statement that, that she makes. And she says um, that, that, that the, the human being that the the heart will not accept what the mind rejects and one of the reasons to get grounded in a biblical worldview is so that your mind is grounded in the truth of god so that 
you can make the 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 moment by moment decisions when tempted it and it doesn't matter what the temptation is and in this case it would be you know temptations to uh, or temptation to um, vote a certain way or do a certain thing or attend a certain event and receive you know some kind of uh, cash uh, uh, you know or some other benefit from somebody um, but but if you're grounded in the biblical worldview and and you can't get it out of your mind, that reinforces the ability of the heart to make decisions. When we take, you know, we, we're so used to the liberals telling us that you know the heart is the seat of emotion. Well, that is one sense of the heart, but the Bible also says that it's in a man's heart that he says that there is no God. The decision. Right. It, 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 the, the the heart is is not only the source of emotion and desire it's also the seed of decision and when a person is tempted to take a bribe or to vote, vote a certain way you know it, you know that, that that decision before that decision is made in their heart it's got to pass through their brain and and, and if their mind is full firmly grounded in a biblical worldview it raises the probability that when when the idea gets down to the, the 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 chamber of decision in the heart, that the heart is 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 going to go ahead and go with the mind. Uh, but but if you're if you're kind of like waffling waffling on whether you know the biblical worldview really is true, well that softens the heart to start making decisions that are not in line with the biblical worldview, and and so. Um, you know, our country would not be where we are today if the preachers in this country did not preach the lordship of Jesus over every domain of reality, not only including politics, but also politics, or especially, especially politics, and and that that um, that that the preachers should have been training people to worship God with their mind, to understand the biblical worldview, so that they could incrementally have stopped many of these things decades ago, even close to 100 years ago, that were the problems that, that have come to full fruition. Um, and Francis Schaeffer warned us almost 50 years ago that we were going to be at this place. And and many of the pastors, they said, oh yeah, I had to read him in a philosophy course and I didn't like it, it was complicated. I didn't understand it, you know, let's have another pizza party. You know, I'm just telling you right now that if, if it was legal for uh, a parent to terminate the life of their 13-year-old child, the first youth group activity would not be a pizza party. I, yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, 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 yeah, yeah, no, that's right, that's right. It would be to secure the life of that 13-year-old. Okay, so listen, I, I, I want to add a little humor to this because this has been really deep, and I, you haven't noticed, but I've been going back and forth and actually answering some of these text messages. Um, uh, the, 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 on here, I've been actually right, right, responding right. to people while I'm listening to you, starting to get listening to some of this, answering some of this stuff. So I like a little bit of humor added to this. And the, the problem with the radical left that doesn't believe in God is they all often go to, oh, that's so Christian of you. So I have a video that I got off TikTok. Actually, my buddy, <laughs> my buddy sent it to me. That's really funny. Um, and it talks about uh, someone who is disrespe disrespectful um, to uh, where his daughter's boyfriend was disrespectful to him. Mm. So Josh, I think you'll you'll agree. Let's let's play this, and then we're we're gonna have you uh, uh, say a prayer if you would. You bet. 
What's that? It's not going to work. It's not going to work. That's okay. Um, Josh, it's okay. Um, So why why don't we end? um, It's been a great discussion. A really, really incredible discussion. Anyone who's watching us again, check out the course, sign up for the course, take the course. This is, we've we've tried to give you like a, a, a kind of top line approach to it, explain what's in it, why it would be useful, but it goes into much deeper um, discussions on all these topics. So make sure you, you check out the course. The link is in the description. Um, I've been posting the link in the comment section. That's runforoffice.training forward slash CD. Make sure you check it out. And and if you feel compelled, if you feel called, run for office. And if you don't feel like you're the person who has it, to be out front, help someone else. Listen, run for listen office. even if you don't have to, if you don't want to run for office, buy the course and learn. It's like taking a, it's like taking a course. Yeah. Learn, learn the course learn to go through it. And that way you'll also be empowered to go out there and say, look, I think you should run for office. I'm going to help you do it. Look what I have. Yep. You get in the basket or get on the ropes. Right. Yep. Both. Yeah. So why don't we end with a prayer, Bill, um, just for everyone listening and uh, go ahead. Let's let's all bow our heads. Sure. I'm going to be praying some concepts from uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 40. So when the program's over, I encourage all the viewers and uh, uh, listeners to uh, read uh, Isaiah chapter 40. It's the the chapter that ends that we will mount up on wings like eagles. So, Lord Jesus, we bow before you because you alone are the Lord and the giver of life. That you spoke and by the power of your word, all that we can see and even conceive has come into being because of your greatness and who you are. Lord, you've determined the boundaries and the times of nations and people, and all of this was to give you glory. And Lord, you've determined the times and the bounds of our American nation, and we exist like all of your creation to give you glory. Lord, we pray that we would know your mind and know what to do in the times in which we live. We understand that the nations are but dust in the scales and because they are dust in the scales before you, we need not fear any political leader because every political leader of all time will stand before you and you will judge that leader. And so, Lord, we pray that we would understand your good news. We pray that we would understand your kingdom and how that relates to our lives. We know that our citizenship is in heaven, uh, but for now you have us assigned to the earth. And, Lord, we pray that we will live out the lordship of, uh, 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 of your lordship in our lives in every arena, whether parents, whether school teachers, whether factory workers, whether uh, soldiers or police officers or politicians, Lord, that, that, that every human discipline, you have called us to bring every human discipline under your lordship and offer it up as a sacrifice to you. Be with the men and women who listened uh, and saw the program today. We pray blessing in their lives. Lord, we pray that you be with with, uh, Joe and and his ministry. We pray that you give him strength and that, that you cause him to mount up on eagle's wings to accomplish what you want him to accomplish in, in, in his life. 
I pray for protection for him, for his family. Um, and, and Lord, uh, uh, both he and I know that uh, prophets are often without honor in our own homes. And, and, but in spite of that, we will rise above on wings like eagles. And, and Lord, we will speak the truth. We will speak it in love because your love in our lives is the mark of a Christian, that the world will know that you have come because of the way that we love one another. We pray that you be with America, and we pray that, that we would repent as a nation and turn our hearts back to you. It's in no lesser name than yours, Lord Jesus, that we pray. Amen. 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 So but before, before we close, um, we, I want to play this yesterday. It, it kind of does fit. You, you, you realize that the Lord works in very mysterious ways. I want to play this clip. Short clip yesterday, Joe Biden was up there telling people to follow CDC guidance. But for whatever reason, he told people to follow CCD guidance, which anyone who is a Catholic knows that CCD is Sunday school. So let's uh, real quick play this, this clip. Pretty funny. That's why I'm asking people to continue to follow CCD guidelines, CDC guidelines as we work to get more uh, more people vaccinated. And to- so that, that's one of those moments. The Lord works in very mysterious ways. That's right. That's right. He just basically went on television and told everyone to go to Sunday school. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Co- confraternity Christian doctrine is CCD. Yeah. <laughs> Christian yeah. doctrine. Go, go for it. <laughs> go, go, go to Sunday oh, school. Boy. It's an in- interesting Bidenism. It's an interesting mistake. Well, thank you so much, uh, Bill, for coming on. Well, thank um, you for having really, me. Really, really appreciate it. We're, we're going to be promoting this. It, it, I, I want to take the course. So um, talk to one of your colleagues. He says he's going to get me a membership afterwards because we're going to keep promoting this because this, this is important. And as you mentioned, for such a time as this, there's, there's no better time. We're all called to do it. Hey, um, Kenny just said, I think he meant CCP. <laughs> he might have been CCP. That might that might be too. There's a lot of acronyms that are very close there. He, he's saying the quiet part out loud. He just forgot yeah. the P and the D, or maybe he did say P. Yeah. We just didn't hear it. I yeah. all the guys yeah. the CCP. Oh, sorry. He, he might have. Well, all right. <laughs> well, maybe he'll do it again. Who knows? He, he also messed up .com in another part of the speech. He called it .gum. Uh, I don't. I don't know what that means. Um, so it's when, it's when the water on his legs and the hair stood up. Yeah. The hairs go up and the kids rub it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bill's like, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) No, 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 no. I, 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 uh, I tuned into the news sometimes. (laughs) Oh, so you know about corn pop, you know, about the kids rubbing Joe Biden's leg, you know, all about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ac- actually, well, not so. Uh, I'll need. I'll need a. Uh, I was thinking of another event, but uh, I'll have to. Oh, be, that, that was him. Sco- that was him when when he was a lifeguard. He was a, a white lifeguard in an all black pool. The oh. way he related to African Americans as they were naming the pool after him was telling a story about how the kids used to rub his legs because they like to see the hair go up and down in the water. Oh. Yeah, it's a very a very strange Bidenism. Very strange Biden anecdote. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, we will rise above that on Ingalls Wings. We'll, we don't, we're not going to worry about yes. that event. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. Again, thank you, Bill, for stopping by. You if bet. you haven't thank already, you. make sure you check out that link. It is, um, it's in the comment section, runforoffice.training forward slash CD. Check out 
join up on the course and take action in your community however you can. It's important for such a time as this. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the audio version available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean. We go live Monday through Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, YouTube, DLive, Twitch, and our own website, conservative-daily.com. So make sure you are subscribed to all of those different methods because sometimes we get banned, sometimes we get suspended. So you want to make sure you have all of that bookmark so you can get to us very quickly. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. Again, my name is Max McGuire. This is Joe Oltman. And, and, and? former congressman Bill Redmond. <laughs> and remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country isn't over yet. But the only way we win is if we all stand up, fight together and buy this course.